0: Hey guys, it's Trent here with the More to the Game podcast. Today, my guest is Chad Schmidt. I'm super excited for you to listen to what he has to say as he expresses how important culture is in his team and in your team, too. But as always, go follow our social media pages, 3E Athlete on all social medias. But here's my guest, Chad Schmidt. Hello, guys. Today, on the More to the Game podcast, we have Chad Schmidt. Chad, thank you so much for being here today, man. It's a it's a great pleasure to have you and uh thank you so much.
1: Well it's a pleasure to be here and and uh I'm very thrilled to be a part of this and uh, talk about something that's very pass I'm very passionate about, and that is leadership and culture. Uh mm-hmm. particularly surrounded with teams and groups. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so I'm glad to hear that, Chad, and I've been looking forward to this one since the last time we talked. So, well, first off, just so people know, how long have you been coaching for?
1: I've been uh, coaching for close to 25 years. It's been 21 at chi where I currently am. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so
0: how long have you been
1: interested in
0: culture and, like, the importance of it?
1: Well, I got my master's degree at UW Green Bay in 2004. And when I, got, when I was in that program, uh, we had to do a thesis and defend a thesis, so I had to write a paper. And my thesis was about student motivation. And uh, what the program really got me to do is read a lot for research. And mm-hmm. while I was studying a lot about motivation, I was really uh, seeing a lot of stuff on mindset and uh you know sports psychology so to speak but it was a lot about mindset and about how you motivate kids by changing their mindset or helping them change their mindset and it really came down to your culture. So classroom team how do the kids feel about the teacher and uh Mm -hmm huge relationship building and not only relationship building with teacher and student or coach and player, but it's the relationship the kids have with one another really drives mm-hmm. performance. So mm-hmm. that's what really got me going on it. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I coached three years prior to being at Shackton when I was in college. So I can definitely see the difference between uh, before my master's degree uh, program and uh, afterwards. And that's what mm-hmm. really got me going on. But, of course, for the last 15 years, uh, it's, you know, there's so much stuff recently in the last five to ten that have come out that you've been able to kind of app- apply. So I've been very interested in it for quite a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so what was, like, kind of the first steps you took into – actually implementing what you were learning in your master's program into the classroom and into your teams.
1: Well, a lot of it, the research that I got, what I would do is I would synthesize it and then mm-hmm. I would try to put something together that I would do with my kids. Let's say once a week, we call it uh, life talks. Mm-hmm. And so it would be me putting information together and then presenting it to them. It wasn't a lot yeah. of interaction at first. Uh, wasn't, like homework, like it is now, or discussion based in small groups. And uh, so it, it's definitely evolved where instead of just speaking about it, it's now practicing it better and living it and being even more intentional. Where uh, we do uh, culture stuff every day and not just once a week, like we mm-hmm. used to. And, and so we do. We do daily um, cultural things and leadership activities. And then it's also weekly where mm-hmm. we spend 30 minutes a week where we're discussing. And so it's, it's evolved. Um, and yeah. it went from me speaking, them listening to it being a lot more participation based.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And what type of reaction have you got, like, from the kids? I know you said that uh, they're starting to speak more, but are they looking forward to these culture talks, or how how does that go with them?
1: Well, every, you know, you, 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 I'm going to speak in majority. The majority of kids want to be in that culture, so they know that they have to contribute to it you're not going to get 100% buy-in all mm-hmm. the time. You're just not. But I will tell you this, the people that aren't necessarily bought in aren't going to do anything negatively to hurt it because they're in the minority. They'll, they'll follow along and enjoy the ride, but they may not do the work, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's just what I have found with the kids – is when they start to feel what they've been working on and they start mm-hmm. to see the results for themselves and how they think or how teammates react to them, um, mm-hmm. and there's that, that whole, I mean, you know, I'm going to use it, the word love. I mean, love your brothers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you've got guys rooting for you in practice, when you guys, when you got guys off the court, out of the classroom that are, that are asking about how you're doing, checking in with you, that means a lot to anybody. We, we as, mm-hmm. as a society or as, a, as humans, we love community. And as mm-hmm. long as you're in community, then you're ma- making better decisions within the community. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, the results have been amazing. And we have a vast majority of buy-in. And mm-hmm. uh, I've seen a huge difference. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a hundred percent, but we've got the vast majority and it's, it's been great.
0: Yeah. And have you seen, like when you first started implementing it, like the, the backlash from kids, like how long did it actually take before they were very receptive and then most kids were um, joining the conversation and maybe those few kids were they be in the minorities but what how long did it actually take before kids really started jumping in uh, headfirst
1: well it's it's kind of interesting it's kind of like math mathematics is some people get it right away and see the results and they're on board with it because they understand where we can be if they contribute mm-hmm. so they're doing their homework right they want to get their good grades well their grades are the results of the culture and the production and the performance and they see it right away and then mm-hmm. you the medium pack where, you know, they don't get it right away, but they get it eventually. I would say it, it's, it's the quick people are days. The medium pack are a couple weeks, three weeks. And then and you got the third tier guys who either get it a little bit later than that, maybe a month or two, or they don't get it at all. Yeah. So it really is days for some, weeks for some.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, what type of change did you have to make though with, with coaching or teaching? Like, what type of language did you have to switch from maybe that you were using the, in the past to now that you're using now? Like, I mean, for some, maybe it was they were a yeller and now they don't have to yell as much because they're using a completely different language with the kids. How, what, what was that change like for you?
1: Was it hard or was it pretty I, easy? It was difficult. Because you have to study the language you want. You, you know, you have a, so if you, you, you take a look at your culture plan, and, and I, I have a culture plan, you have to have your beliefs. You have to write them down and go, this is important to us. Relationships with one another is important. Our commitment level is important. Our effort is important. So you have to have vocabulary words that you're constantly saying. You don't Mm -hmm. say good job all the time. You said that was very good communication. Mm I love the way you're looking out and building relationships. And Mm -hmm. it it could be formulas like E plus R equals O. You know, event Mm -hmm. plus the response equals the outcome. That has to Mm -hmm. come off regularly. But you also have to set aside time to teach them. It's like you have an English vocab unit.
2: Uh huh
1: and you literally have to teach. These are the languages that the words that we use to drive our beliefs and mm-hmm. in our systems. So we have systems. It's kind of like I have an offensive system in basketball. I run a motion offensive system or a fast break system. Well, you have to teach mm-hmm. terminology, spacing, pace, um, flare screens. You teach the terminology so that you can remind during the game. It's the same thing here with Mm -hmm. um, our vocabulary for culture. It's we have to say, hey, what's your response going to be to this? What do we do to Mm -hmm. adversity? You know, how do we respond to the adversity? Or Uh why don't you pick our friend up over there? He's had a little bit of a downer day. Or control the controllables. You can't control Mm -hmm. an official calls if it's your fifth foul. You can't control that a kid was a lot quicker than you and you just weren't quite ready with a stance. Those Mm -hmm. are the that we really focus on it's difficult you have to take the time to do it you have to treat mm-hmm. it like a drill session like I got to set aside time for a defensive shell drill you got to set aside time for uh, culture building activities and discussion mm-hmm. it's difficult mm-hmm. but once you do it and the results are there you'll never go back we talked before yeah. about the smartphone you get a flip phone it's like I'm good with the flip phone texting is good enough for me Talking, you know, without, you know, I can be anywhere and talk. That's good enough. When you go with smartphone, it's like, wow, oh, I, I got information. Everything's right there. You just don't go back. And it's the same thing with culture mm-hmm. you know, the intentional culture training. It's you'll never go back, you'll mm-hmm. always have it and you'll always do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you had said to me uh, last time we were talking, you're like, my first 15 years. I worked probably three times harder and now I have to work half as hard even though maybe it was more difficult to start set up. Could you kind of just talk about that piece with uh, um, with how how it's affected the way you coach though too? Like is it less effort for you and how much effort? I mean you talked and said it was a lot of effort to get this started but now what what's it like now that the culture is kind of set in stone
1: well early on in my coaching career you you don't do a lot of preventive things from when it mm-hmm. comes to mindset training because because mm-hmm. you're unaware of what it takes to change one's mindset you say well playing time is what will affect their mindset if they don't do mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do the playing time gets affected but you find yourself putting out a lot of fires Mm -hmm. This person's pouting. This person's angry. I got to have a one-to-one. Restore confidence. And Mm -hmm. I'm massaging issues by myself. Mm -hmm. Now, I do less of that because in the culture where there's leaders and guys who care about other people, they're in tune to other things going on, and they then intercede before I even get a chance to to
2: encourage, Mm
1: -hmm. to restore confidence in a teammate. And even, and this is the most important thing, I think, because this is what drives everything, your personal mindset to navigate through your own lack of confidence or adversity, to get through it yourself, because you have the tools to get through it yourself. Mm -hmm. That has, you you know, taken a lot less time for me. When you have everybody on the same page knowing where we're going, it is, we want a place where people want to be. We want a place mm-hmm. where, where you don't want the season to end. You don't even want practice to end. Now I coach mm-hmm. middle school football right now, and you know, we had a game canceled due to lightning recently, and the kids are like, we're so bummed out. Uh-huh. You know, and its I know it's not just getting on the field and playing, but it's, it's competing with each other. And mm-hmm. I'm already hearing, oh, we're already half done with the season already. Oh, man, this is going fast. And, yeah. you know, and so when everybody is helping and everybody's on the same page with your beliefs and your values and you know, it's all being driven together, mm-hmm. I do less. I just, I just do my part, and then other people are doing their part and their part, and it's a lot less work when I don't have to do a lot for every individual situation that comes up. Mm-hmm. I have, these two seniors are really good at, you know, looking out for these two guys, you know, mm-hmm. or three guys are encouraging. And, you know, I'll even have guys purposely knowing the kid missed three shots in their wrong practice, they keep feeding them and saying, you better shoot it. You're shooting mm-hmm. it. You're open. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. So, and then all of a sudden, yeah. fourth one. You know? Mm-hmm. That is huge. Now I have to sit a player aside and go, come on. Don't shoot or shoot. Don't quit shooting because you missed three in a row. Nobody's mm-hmm. angry with you because you missed three in a row. You know what I'm saying? That's the cult. Mm-hmm. That's the, they feel like they're, they're accepted no matter what.
0: You said you had, like, some players on the team that – Obviously, are you going to be your captains? Uh, what, what kind of separate talks do you have with those guys? And what's kind of your message that you have towards your captains? And how do you kind of mold them into being those captains so they can be those guys that, like you said, are telling that dude when maybe he's getting upset because he missed a few? Um, how do you train those guys up to be leaders?
1: Uh, you know, that's a great question for us because i've been very blessed to have the opportunity to teach a leadership studies class mm-hmm. uh, it's a dual credit class for saint norbert but we do it on shy campus as a dual credit class so i take juniors of all walks of life in school whether it be it could be a volleyball junior that could be a senior next year a girls basketball player and of course i'm going to have some boys' basketball players. Mm-hmm. So that is a semester-long class every day, and that's leadership training. Mm-hmm. So, but before that even happens, so that's a huge advantage. But before that even happened, you know, it's you you teach within, you know, your preseason. We talk a little bit in the summer about communication and. Uh, uh, creating an environment where we're all learning together because in basketball you have the summer where you got a brand new team that you're putting together for the next year, and they're playing in the league, and they're coming open gyms. And So I'm telling the older guys to love the younger guys up or to love the new guys up, particularly the, the new – you know, mm-hmm. the returners. Um, mm-hmm. And then during the season, at the very beginning, we hit it really hard the first two weeks where we mm-hmm. intentionally set aside time for our uh leaders. And this is how we're gonna do it. I've had conversations with kids where, you know, I think this kid already has a good heart. He's just a decent young man, you know, and so I'll tell him I said your leadership role this year is you're gonna drive our culture. You're paying attention Mm -hmm. to team gatherings, making sure everyone is invited and going out of your way to make sure everybody's invited. You're gonna go out of your way to compliment, you're gonna go out of your way to encourage. So I've mm-hmm. I've been able to take out of let's say if I have three to five seniors that are high-impact seniors, I've been able to pull one or two aside and go, Wow, this is your huge role mm-hmm. as leader, is your communicator, and then this person is your an encourager you're a mindset trainer you're a mental trainer you're you're Mm -hmm. reminding kids control the controllables e plus Mm -hmm. r equals o when when they don't want to talk to adults when when they're Mm -hmm. down in the dumps you have a peer saying that to you Mm -hmm. and it's very powerful so there's a lot of training beforehand and then or at the beginning or and at the beginning of the season the first two weeks Mm -hmm.
0: And how important do you think that it is to actually have assign certain kids those jobs? And especially, like you said, it's a lot better coming from another peer than maybe a coach a lot of the time. Oh, I think it's
1: very important to really zero in and pinpoint. And, like, you're the expert. I tell them, you're the expert of this. So mm-hmm. if you have a quarterback on the football team, he's the expert of making sure – The line is set, the formation is correct, the backs are where they're supposed to be. They answer questions if someone forgets an assignment in the huddle. That's their job. They've got to be an expert of that play. They have to be, they have no choice. They have to be. It's the same thing with this. Um, when, When you have experts in these areas of our culture, of teaching culture, which is mindset, behavior, um and love showing love it's it's easier for the kids to go okay i got these three three things that i have to do very very well mm-hmm. it's easier i don't like to do a lot of umbrella stuff with the kids like okay be good make good choices make yeah specific words and if if i can have these individuals reinforce specific words that's amazing I have – I'll have one that's – we call it the watchdog. You're watching out if, if – okay, so you have a teammate that broke up with a girlfriend or a girlfriend broke up with them. You're, you're, you're at their feet right away. Like, mm-hmm. you, and then you're letting me know, you know, the coach mm-hmm. know. Um, so there just becomes a huge support system, and, and then it carries on for a long, long time, even when they
2: graduate. Mm-hmm.
1: Kids become close. Mm-hmm. And you know what I love about it too is when you have sports, you have seniors and sophomores sometimes playing, you know, in the same mm-hmm. and sometimes seniors feel threatened by sophomores and or frustrated by it because they're young. But when mm-hmm. you have this scenario, everybody loves on each other like they've been all friends since kindergarten.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And going back uh to what you just said right before that though. So how, how much more in the loop are you with what's going on with the team? And how important has that been to actually be involved in everything? And what, what's kind of happened with just being in the know and for, yeah.
1: Well, you get really close.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there, there, there's a line of, you know, authority figure and your, you know, student and your athlete. So your coach your teacher, then there's a student athlete and there's no question that if the kids feel like you care a lot about them and how do they know that? Well, you're fair, you treat them well, you, you smile, but you also mm-hmm. speak into their lives when it doesn't matter on the court
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're not a transactional coach anymore you're not well if you do this you play this amount if you can do this yeah. I can, you can start you mm-hmm. know that's transaction and which is a part of everyday living there's transactions but they know you mm-hmm. love them unconditionally because you're willing to take time on your day to speak into the lives any wisdom and help them along I mean mm-hmm. that's And, uh, so being in the know grows your relationship. So it's so strong that you enjoy being around each other and, and, uh, but kids need parents. Okay. So you're a teenager. I believe parents need and want coaches and teachers to stand in that gap because they spend so much time with us, Mm -hmm. help them along. So that they stay in the spotlight and in the sunshine, and not, you know, get in the shadows and and get involved in things they're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you really, you know, when when you're in the know and you can speak into their lives, values, principles, beliefs, uh, behavior, positive behavior, loving culture, empathy. When you do that, you know, you're what you're doing is you're helping mom and dad raise. Um, future husbands and fathers
2: mm-hmm.
1: and which drives a culture in a home environment you know what I mean mm-hmm. so we're hoping that this is a blueprint for them to carry on into their future work environment and their home environment but you got us mm-hmm. into their lives and be in the know for that relationship to build that trust and then all that information is acquired by them mm-hmm. so I wouldn't do it any other way. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So, what has that reaction that you've actually gotten from the parents, and what was it like at first, and what is it now, and uh, how how do they interact with you now compared to before you started teaching these uh, techniques and the importance of emotional intelligence and culture and growth mindset like that?
1: Well. <sighs> A lot of it had, is um, gratefulness. So there's a lot of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to say it, but, but a lot of people have. Grateful, like thankful. Um, that and, and, and it's turned into requests, too. You know, mm-hmm. when you talk to um, Johnny about this, can you help us through this part? hmm we're at odds right now can you help so then there's a meeting with me mom and dad and the son and it kind of turns into uh like a meeting of of you know let's navigate through this so then i can take my approach to principles that we teach and that they're trained on and mom and dad have their values that they've taught and so it's like okay, so we got the values mom and dad have, but then we've got the principles of the mindset and and trying to get kids to see something from a mature standpoint. So there's been Mm -hmm. a lot of that collaboration, like Mm -hmm. international collaboration where they have requests for me to sit down and talk to them about this. And, and then there's, Okay, so college, what What can my, my son doesn't know what he wants to do in school. He's struggling with what he wants to study in college. You want to help us out with this? And because we mm-hmm. trust so much and there's the values that I can bring up, you know, it, then it becomes a very open conversation and, or any situation the kids deal with, you know, whether being be, you know, new relationships they form or uh, the pressures that they have, um, the disappointment. Mm-hmm to and how to handle it so it's been a lot of gratitude and a lot of requests mm-hmm. yeah
0: so you had mentioned right before that how what you really want to do at the end of the day is train these kids to just be in your case better men but just better people in general with the people that are in your leadership class whether that's male or female um, can you just talk about what emotional intelligence and growth mindset mean to you and how, why they're so important?
1: Well, um, we really want to develop emotional intelligence. And so in leadership studies class, and it carries off into our other uh, pro, uh, teams, uh, you know, when you get thrown into the fire, how do you react? Do you mm-hmm. make decisions? Are you more are you self-aware of what's going on? Or are you living in a fantasy world? Um, so we need to acknowledge, we need to analyze, we need to accept, and we need to appreciate. We have four A's where we really focus on acknowledge what's going on. So something's going on. Okay, something's going on. So we analyze it. So we use some of our training to analyze it. But we have to accept what's happening, particularly when it, we don't, can't control it. And then we have to appreciate it somehow. You know, Tony Bennett, I'm a huge fan of Tony Bennett, and he has said this quite a few occasions, particularly since, you know, they lose in the first round of the tournament two years ago, and then they win the national title this year. And he says, adversity gives you a ticket to go someplace you'll never get to otherwise.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing.
1: That's the appreciation, too. You know, I appreciate this adversity right here because it's going it's to do something for me later that I don't know what it's going to do, but it's going to change me for the better. That's mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. You have to have a growth mindset in order to acknowledge, analyze, accept, appreciate. You have to fill your heart with good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to fill our hearts with bad stuff, bad entertainment, bad language, bad scenarios. We focus on process, not results. So we wanna be the best we can be in the moment in which we are standing in and involved in. We can't worry about what happened two hours ago, last week. We can't worry about what's gonna happen in two hours or next week. If we focus on the process and be the best we can be in the moment, the results take care of itself. Mm -hmm. We live on principles instead of feelings. I feel unmotivated today. Well, wait a minute. What's your principle? Your principles do the work. Get it done. Mm -hmm. I don't do it because it makes me happy. I do it because it's right. Mm -hmm. And then we have to handle our emotions. And, you know, and, and we have to handle other people's emotions towards us too. So we have to have a self-awareness to see what our emotions are portraying. And we have to have that self-awareness to say, that person reacting to me is making me upset. I have to be aware of that. So we have mm-hmm. to have a better understanding of what impacts us. And then we can develop good habits. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're full of habits every day. What are our habits? So that's emotional intelligence. It, it's all that and some other things and but we really do try to focus on on trying to develop that Mm
2: -hmm. and then
0: with that growth mindset piece can you just kind of talk about that a little bit too as well like what what that means um and what you've seen with with the kids that you work with and how you develop that in your actual athletes
1: So give you an example, you know, some of the statements you want to give up. I'm not good at this. I don't get this. I'm not fast enough. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, if you were to look at it in in terms of rebounding, well, I'm not tall enough, so it doesn't pay. If you look at it in terms of rebounding, you go, but if I can box out really, really well, and then I can jump out of my area at least, and move to the ball quickly. And then when I'm going up, I can actually use my body. I can twist it sideways and actually turn into somewhat of a a fetal position when I'm in the air because it sticks my butt out when we're all jumping. I'm the Mm -hmm. only one that gets the ball. And I might be 5'11 going up against someone at Mm 6'3". So the growth mindset would be I can work hard. I can figure it out. I can use advantage and leverage somewhere. I can Mm -hmm. anticipate a little better by drawing from my experience. So that's just a small area. If we were to use the game of basketball, Mm -hmm. that we really teach growth mindset. Mm -hmm. Or my free throws are bad. I just can't make free throws. And I might say, Hey, we need you to be the closer. We need you to shoot free throws well at the end of the games. Otherwise you can't mm-hmm. be in. Them. So guess what happens? You got a kid who says, I have to work harder. They don't go, coach, don't bother putting me in there. I freeze. I panic. I can't make those clutch free throws. Mm, you mm-hmm. can't right now very well, but you're going to get better. I can improve on this. So those mm-hmm. – we talk about with our growth mindset. A lot of it has to do with you have to spark the mindset with a self-talk statement. What's your self-talk, you know, what's your self-talk statement? I can do this. I am the main. You know, every kid, we sit down, we talk, what is your self-talk statement? And then if it starts to be negative first, then you got to throw the noise out by bringing a self-talk statement in to replace that noise. So that's Training. Um, sometimes it's a gesture. It could be two claps, boom, boom. That's all I got to tell you or do it for you. And that reminds you, well, guess who does it? I don't do it. Teammates do it. They're the ones that clap a couple times right by the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we might have tag words, part of our vocabulary, and right away they're back. You know, So I can do this, and I'm going to get them the next time. I can improve that's about the process focus on the process not the results
0: so well thank you for that that uh was very um intuitive and uh but so i have three questions now just to kind of wrap up everything that we've talked about well actually no i have one one more before i get to those three um first off what's some advice that you would give to a a younger coach, or maybe a coach that um, is struggling with his team and uh, isn't getting the results that he wants. What's some things that maybe they could do to benefit their culture uh, that are quick and pretty easy and just can help them out?
1: Well, I I would pretty much tell them that the culture mindset training is more important than your understanding of defense and offense
2: mm-hmm.
1: so i would tell them to look at a program it could be just a, a coach orientated program or mm-hmm. it
2: could
1: be homework so i like third element mm-hmm. i like third element i like how they lay things out i think it's super simple so I would say, hey, look into third element. I would also say there's other things, too. Guess what you get to do? You get to look into all of them. Mm-hmm. I'll give them three to five things to look at. New coaches, I'll say, okay, read this book by Joshua Metcalf.
2: Chop mm-hmm.
1: uh, wood, carry water, how to fall in love, with the process of being great. Mm-hmm. I would tell them, it will teach you to shrink your ego. And then... Love enters that area instead of your ego. I mean, Mm -hmm. new coaches are like, I got to look good right away. I got to prove myself. So sometimes the ego is too big. Mm
2: -hmm. And then
1: there's a lot of mistakes being made. My suggestion is jump into this growth mindset. Jump into culture training. Jump Mm -hmm. into leadership training where you have intentional curriculum. Third element has it. Uh, Joshua Metcalf has uh, trained to be clutch. Um, there's a lot out there. Jump into it, read some books, be a reader mm-hmm. because that's how you find and discover things that you can use to teach. through mm-hmm. My master's program taught me to read. I mean, it made me read. I knew how to read, but I didn't read as much as I should have. And then when I started reading a lot more, then you started to really uncover some things. So my suggestion is really hit the third element piece. You have your skills, you have your performance, get into behavior, uh, principles, culture, leadership, mindset, get into it, learn it. And then also make sure you can apply it with your kids within an integrated system, not talking points like I used to do. I used to just do talking. And now you have things that the kids can be a part of. And so mm-hmm. that's my suggestion. Is mm-hmm. love like crazy, teach others to love each other within the culture. So put that culture together, systems, beliefs, values, you'll get results.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know you talked a lot about this, but now I'm gonna to go to my, my three last questions. The first one is, what? what does a great culture look like in your eyes? And again, I know you've talked a lot about this and um, you can get that, but what's your short definition of a great culture in
1: your eyes? Something different is going on. That's unusual and it feels good to watch it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's my statement. And I'm using that off of people that have said that to me. Mm-hmm. we'll have reporters say it we'll have college coaches come in and watch some of our players will say the same thing we have officials that say it a lot I, we really enjoy uh, ref and shocked in games you know mm-hmm. the kids are respectful it looks like you guys enjoy being together you guys look like you're having a lot of fun out there playing that's mm-hmm. what it looks like in short yeah. it's with you guys and it, it just mm-hmm. feels good to watch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And in your eyes, what is a a great leader? Or who, who is someone that you know that is a great leader? Maybe he was a teammate. Um, but what, what, is that, what does that look like to you?
1: Well, a great leader, um, you know, and I've had several, to be honest with you. And I've had family members. I've had Couple coaches, I've had some teachers, and here's what it looks like someone who really makes you feel significant. Mm-hmm. And it looks to me like they are serving you. Mm-hmm. So they are taking part in servant leadership. You don't understand it until you get a little older. But you feel like they're there for you, like that they want to do anything they can to make you feel successful in a role that you have or you as a person. Um, I think my favorite one, if I were to throw one out there, and again, I have family members as well. But I had a pastor a long time ago when I was a young kid. His name was Michael Dotson, his wife, Mary Dotson really took interest in us and his leadership style as I've seen him as a grown up is just absolutely remarkable here's what I see someone with compassion and love unconditionally for anyone Mm -hmm. around them you absolutely feel like they'll do anything for you to help you and they love you unconditionally Mm -hmm. that's what it looks like
0: Mhm. And so the last question I have is, what what's the difference between a a good cu- or a great culture and a bad one? Like, what what more do you get out of a great culture compared to a bad one?
1: So, bad culture, it's performance Mm -hmm. I really believe that and you may not have huge guys fast guys old leader like senior loaded teams whether it's football or baseball or basketball or volleyball soccer it's you're getting the most out of performance in a good culture Mm -hmm. because performance is driven by an environment that you're part of a culture part of, and that is you are loved unconditionally and people are looking out for you. You feel safe. You feel great when you're there. You feel super important. You feel super significant. So performance, in my opinion. Now, sometimes bad cultures, if we want to say bad cultures, there's still good teams, good performances. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's at the peak performance. I think the performances in those are a direct result of just physical dominance.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. When you put in, you know, maybe some mediocre talent, those kids can beat some of that superior talent. They can. I really believe Mm -hmm. that. Um, If Mm -hmm. you want a tiebreaker, the performance is going to be significantly different. I really Mm -hmm. believe it is performance um that you'll notice the difference in mm-hmm. because you will play at the level you will reach your ceiling you will play beyond what you think you can do and i've always said this to the guys i said if you buy into what we're doing you'll be way better than you possibly could think mm-hmm. i gave them an example i give them an example when i was younger i stuttered i stuttered i i was unconfident just not confident at all when i was in middle school high school and all of a sudden, I become a teacher, and that's what I do for a living is talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I believe it's the culture that I had around me when I was growing. Yeah, I really do. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that I was limited in speaking and processing thoughts. I was. I was very, you know, I was very quiet. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a great example of the culture brings that out of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Brings the good stuff out. Mm
0: -hmm. And so I got one more thing for you, actually. Is there a quote that maybe resonates a lot with you that you'd like to share? Um, It can be about anything, actually, though.
1: Well, I think of this a lot. This is actually my self-talk statement. Mm -hmm. It's not a quote. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to share my self-talk statement because I use it for my life I -hmm. use it for my uh, marriage I use it for my family I use it for my work be the big time now be the big time now that's what it is that's what I think about that's my self-talk statement that's my personal it's not a quote but that's -hmm. that's what I'm going to give you Mm-hmm. is a big time now. Do your very best in the moment in which you And everything takes care of itself. So be the big time now. Yeah. Well, Chad, thank you so much. It,
0: this was a great podcast, and I loved everything you had to say today. And I think, I think this will be very good for coaches to really hear, especially from another coach what culture and the importance of it, how it's really impacted and just the results too, because maybe some, some of those coaches are on the borderline. There's something maybe you'd like to say just in closing before we're done. Um, just to, for one of those coaches that maybe is on the verge. There's just one last thing that you'd like to say to them. If coaching,
1: if you know your why, why you're doing it. If you know the why, and you got into it for the why, remind yourself of the why. Don't ever Mm -hmm. forget. Because Mm -hmm. it can beat you up. I think it's one of the hardest professions there is. Mm -hmm. You're on stage. It's public. There's a lot of people questioning your decisions because it's wide open. You're not in Mm -hmm. a cubicle you know, where just your supervisors see what's going on, you're out there. You're out there with lots of people to see. And when mm-hmm. you get the frustrations, whether it be adversity, injuries kick in, uh, low talent level, lower than normal talent level in a particular season, mm-hmm. always, always remind yourself why. Why? Mm-hmm. That is, I think, the best advice that I can give because the why will drive what you, your actions will be. Mm-hmm. You know what, it really comes down to you know, your E plus R equals O. Your event mm-hmm. plus your response is the outcome. Your response is the why. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. So that's the best advice I can give. All right. Well, thank
0: you so much, Chad. I really appreciate it. If you have any last shout-outs that maybe you want to give out, I'd do them now. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much, Chad.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And You guys do phenomenal work. I love what you guys are doing. Great resource at Third Element. I'm glad I've crossed paths with you guys.
0: Well, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for listening, guys.